shoots, and he hits it at the buzzer. No time left, and the Rockets have won the game. Like basically, like you said, changing my position was kind of like a transition in my life, kind of, if that makes sense. Like the, the, the amount of what I had to learn and the knowledge and the wisdom and the, the faults I, of the turnovers and everything, it was kind of like the same exact thing of what I, where I am now um, as a human versus where I was last year as a human. It's like it's a whole different ball game from shooting guard to point guard. And that's a lot you need to learn, but you gotta adjust kind of at a at a steady rate. And you gotta, cause guys are being a point guard, you're leading, like you're leading four other grown men to to try to win a game. And um, you gotta build that trust, and you gotta build that respect. And they gotta be willing to let you lead. Like they, you gotta earn that. And uh, I had to earn that um, last year, and that's kind of what it was. And uh, now they like I got that I got my guys behind me, and uh, it's a, it's a lot easier um, barking on this season than it was last season. We are here to feel the Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I am your co-host Lashar Binkley. As usual, you can find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. You can always find my written work at the Dream Shake, which is presented by SB Nation. And of course, as usual, I'm joined by. Duckett, how you doing today, AD? Oh, man, I'm doing well. I can't call it, man. But glad to be back talking about Rockets, and the season's going to be starting up soon, very soon. Actual basketball to talk about, not um, off-court Rockets Twitter drama. So I'm um, looking forward to some actual <laughs> basketball to talk about for once. And surprisingly enough, we have an actually actual trade to talk about as well. Uh, but before we get to the actual trade, um, as you saw in that clip that was uh, Kevin Porter Jr. earlier in the week uh, during media, uh, day that they had down at Toyota Center before they headed off to training camp on Tuesday. Um, he was talking about, of course, transitioning from, you know, he played small forward a lot and shooting guard with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then he came over to the Rockets, and he's been playing point guard ever since. So he's just talking about that transition from going from a forward position to actually being the man in charge that's handling the ball majority of the time. So he's just talking about how that transition went also with a transition in his own life where, you know, he's trying to transition and becoming more mature on and off the court. Um, so before we get to trade, I kind of want to start there and ask you, uh, AD. Of course, they've, they're, you know, just finished up training camp, but I want to go back a little bit to the media day. What was kind of your thoughts on uh, the media day? Because, of course, we heard from Coach Silas and Rafael Stone, and then we heard from several players, including uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Um, overall, I actually enjoyed the interviews. Um I thought I actually liked Bobon's um, yeah. interview, believe it or not, um, yeah. because just because you could tell, you know, that the, the positive energy could be infectious on in the locker room, even if he doesn't play, you know, just him being around the team, you know, you could see kind of how and why he's lasted so long in the league, despite, you know, limitations on the court, obviously. Yeah. Um, I But I, I really enjoyed KPJ's, you know, authenticity, transparency, you know, um, and it kind of reminded me some of what last year, last year, he, he also had a very authentic, you know, media day where he said the Rockets saved his life, you know, just a year ago. 
And that particular clip was interesting where, you know, he kind of talked about how, you know, him transitioning to point guard had to – that helped him off the court as far as allowing people in his life, you know, allowing people to be there for him as well. I also love how he has handled the contract talks. You know, he's yeah. like – he's like, hey, I, you know, I'm not affected by that, which I'm sure he is. Like, you know, anybody would be. But, you know, at least he he's handling it well. It doesn't seem like – you know, he doesn't bring it up at all. He's not something that he talks about. You know, it doesn't seem like something that's that's you know front of mind for him. He just he's like, hey, you know, we'll get it done when we get it done. I'm happy to have the opportunity to be here. Just you know, just uh, I really I really like the the humility as well from him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he definitely seems like he's in a really good place. Um, it seems like it's worked out really well uh, as far as. The Rockets being that support system that he definitely needed. Of course, he had the hiccup last year um, with the, you know, leaving during halftime. But, I mean, before that and ever since then, it hasn't. we haven't really heard any issues from KPJ. Actually, um, Coach Silas and Rafael Stone mentioned several times how he was the most consistent player as far as off-season workouts. And that yeah. goes with, you know, everybody. they saying pretty much everybody was there during the workouts. Um, so for the, for them to say that, you can tell he's definitely been working on his game. Um, all the Rockets have, and that was really encouraging to hear, um, especially considering, you know, Coach Silas is, you know, a young head coach, but he's been in the league for 20 years. So he has seen a lot of training camps. He says it's rare to have all the players um, actually be working out together for a majority of the offseason. So, I, I mean, that was very encouraging to hear. But like you say, of course, Boban, I mean, he – He's the ultimate team guy. I mean, he's the type of guy that he can come in an emergency situation and may play 15 minutes or he can not play for you know, two, three weeks straight and not have any problems at all doing it. So yeah. even though he may not play at all, he may be the type of guy that you definitely want to keep around you know, during the media day portion of it was uh, about KJ Martin. Uh, KJ Martin actually came up and spoke and <laughs> I don't know if people were expecting him to say too much. He didn't really say much at all, which you can't really expect him to say anything because when it comes to contract negotiations, you really don't want public. Um, but did you get anything from what KJ Martin uh, said or didn't say, or was it more like a Marshawn Lynch type thing where he just didn't want to get fined? Yeah, it definitely gave me gave me beast mode vibes. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> he just kept on saying, you know, I'm just here to do my job, help this team get as much wins. <laughs> Which, yeah. to be honest, like it seemed like he had, he, he probably was coached up prior oh, to yeah. this. It makes sense. I mean, his dad played in the league for you know decades, twenty years or something like that. You know, so he definitely had the he's he has certainly had media training yeah. by now for sure. It's also not his first media day, and he also didn't he also didn't actually say I want them to trade me. You yeah, know, exactly. it was something that came from from his, his dad. Maybe he told his dad you know in private, but for you know we haven't heard. We haven't heard KJ say that he wants to get traded. So I wasn't surprised at how he answered the questions. I think that's what you should expect him to say in, in a setting like that. And it always kind of kills me about media members is that if one person asks a question to someone, like I always see this with Belichick, and that's a little different, yeah. but one person will ask a question and you see that he answers the question a certain way, I mean, you're not going to get more out of him. But yeah. then, then it becomes the competition of like, who in the media can get this guy to, to give the most for this same question? So you have someone else who raise a question differently, same question, uh, and you get the same answer. And then someone else asks the same question, 
and you get the same answer. Like, at what point do we realize I should probably ask him something different because yeah. everybody asks the same question. He's giving me the same exact answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is something I'm going to try to keep in mind for Sunday during my first uh, yes. pre and <laughs> post game press conference uh, covering the Rockets. So, I mean, that's a good point because, like, at this point, you know, he's not saying anything. Yes. I mean, I know. I know that's the part of the media job is to try to get the story before anybody else. But at the end of the day, once he answers that way, you know, he's not giving up anything. He's not going to expand on it. Just like when they asked um, Rafael Stone about Kevin Porter Jr.'s contract and he shut yeah. it down real quick. So you knew after that point, it's no point in continuing to ask that question because he's not going right. to answer it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not too much you can expect him to say. I mean, it's a contract situation. It's a playing time situation. It's not going to get better by talking about it in the media. I mean, only way it's really going to get better is by, I'm, which I'm sure he's done at this point, is by talking with Coach Silas and Rafael Stone. And one way or another, they either told him, you know, you need to do A to get on the court, or they told him, hey, this is the rotation we're going to go with, and unfortunately you're not going to be part of it. Then in that case, then I guess he has to do what's best for him, but he's still under contracts too. So even though he may not, agree with what they say all you can really do is go out on the court and prove that he should be getting playing time which i know is going to be even more you know even tougher now that they have tari eason as well probably taking up some of those minutes so uh like i understand part of where he's coming from but at the same time he was also a second round pick so yeah. you only have so much leverage at the end of the day when it comes to uh playing time especially on a rebuilding team that has multiple different wings uh, that they're trying to get out on the court. And we know Coach Salas really values um, Jay Sean Tate, yeah. um, Eric Gordon, uh, for some reason, Garrison Matthews. Um, <laughs> he values <laughs> players like that. So it's, it's going it's, it's gonna to be difficult for him to get on the court. I mean, I think his best way is to get on the court. Is he's really going to be at that uh, backup power forward position um, because I think the wing position is going to be kind of rough for him to get on the court. Um, so – Possibly, you know, fighting maybe Jay Shantae for some of them backup power four minutes is going to probably be his best option. Uh, one more player real quick on the media day uh, that I want to talk about is Jalen Green, how he was talking about how he's gotten stronger, um, how he's been working on his game, of course, during the offseason. Um, are you expecting him to come into the season a, a lot better than he did last year? Of course, he came in last year. He was a rookie. Um, the line, the horrible line of construction has something to do with his bad start Thanks, as well. Yeah. So are you just are you expecting him to come in basically guns blazing right off the start? Well, I definitely think he'll come in better than the beginning of last season for sure. Yeah. Um, I actually expect that Jalen will will pick up where he left off at the end of the season, and the reason why is because you heard Silas say that Jalen had asked him like, "Hey, coach, are we going to keep doing what we did at the end of the season?" He's like, "Yeah, we're going to keep doing you know same." Same things that that we did that allowed and enabled you to, to thrive and feel comfortable. They're going to continue to do those things right off the bat. And like you said, there won't be the spacing issues of the double bid lineup, things of that nature. You're not going to have that. So I don't really see any reason why he wouldn't. I actually – I'm not surprised that he kind of chose to I, – I say bulk up, but I don't want to say bulk up because he didn't it, – I don't know if it's just me, but it, it, it was there's not like a humongous difference – from like <laughs> yeah. before and after photos, you can see some muscle definition for sure. And he said he's gotten gained 10 pounds. So that, that'll that help out. I also saw the interview with his trainer and Kelly Eco where he discussed that, you know, he wanted to get more physical but not lose his quickness. You know, things of that nature where he would go up the dunk and he would just get thrown around. 
you know, yeah. things of that nature. So I think that's actually a good thing because although although I think it did benefit him last season having to go from, okay, I'm going to dunk on everybody. Oh, this isn't working. So, okay, let me go to my layup package because I also have that too. That also was, was beneficial for him, I think, especially as a rookie, him kind of, you know, getting more comfortable with his game, figuring out what, what he could and couldn't do at this level. Yeah. But um, but I think it could be beneficial for sure for him to have gained a little bit more muscle. And I think he will continue to do that as long as he doesn't lose his quickness, which I don't think he will with a 10-pound gain, you know, especially with muscle. Then to me, that that that's a positive. Yeah, because some Coach Silas mentioned, something we've talked about before on the podcast, um, Coach Silas mentioned during the offseason when one of his interviews on Sports Talk 790, he mentioned with him getting stronger, he's actually noticed that he's taking a lot uh, shots further away as well um, because he is stronger. Because people may not think about it, but you have to have a certain amount of strength to be able to take 30-foot, three-point shots uh, on a consistent basis. And I think that that's one of the things that's going to help him. It's going to help him stretch the floor out even more. Um, than he did last year um, and it's just overall just going to help like you said keep him from getting knocked off his shot uh, which is definitely important in the NBA because we know when somebody's going in a lane especially smaller players or younger players rookie players you know people are going to knock them to the floor just to see if they're going to get up and they're going to continue to try to come to the basket and that's something like even like J- uh, James Harden had to find out when he first got in the league um, that you have to have a certain amount of strength to be able to continue to go in that lane because they're going to knock you to the ground. One way or another, are you going to get hacked? Or like we saw last year, the refs may not call the fouls at all. So yeah. you're going to have to just fight through it. And I think definitely with the added strength, like you said, I don't think he's ever going to you know turn into Giannis or somebody, but yeah. he's definitely adding strength will definitely help him in the long run. Um, another thing yeah. I want to talk about, uh, before we uh, wrap up the first segment, because um, real quick in the second segment, we're actually going to be talking with Josh uh, Parides of Air Alamo and uh, editorial director of Fansider, something me and AD both know uh, pretty well. We used to yeah. work over there at Fansider for Space City Scoop. He's going to join us in the second segment to uh, preview the upcoming game with the Spurs on Sunday, the first preseason game. So we're going to kind of compare rebuilding teams in the second segment. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to talk about the uh, surprising trade that happened yesterday. Um, I yeah. mean, it's nothing earth shattering. It's nothing like, oh, my God, we, the Rockets or Spurs just got a lot better. One of the teams got duped at the end. It's not really that type of trade. <clears throat> it was really about um, for the Rockets getting, you know, cash consideration and a second round pick. So basically the Rockets sent out uh, Sterling Brown, David Nwaba, uh, Marquise Chris, and, uh, oh, and Trey Burke. Uh, they sent out those players out to OKC. And in return, they got uh, Derek Favors. They got Ty Jerome, uh, Theo Maladon, and one other player that I'm blanking on right now. Oh, Mo Harkless. Harkless. And the reason why I'm, I'm blanking on a couple of players because they're probably not going to be here past this weekend. There's yeah. uh, our, our reports coming out that Mo Harkless is going to probably be bought out. Um, Ty Jerome is probably going to be released um, so the two players that really kind of make the difference as far as the players is going to be Derek Favors and Theo Maladon, even though I think um, Theo Maladon probably would be sent to the G League if he's still on the team. Uh, just because he is a 6'9 point guard, he did play a lot of point guard for uh, OKC the last couple of years. Um, but as we know, <laughs> the Rockets are kind of full at point guard at the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's probably may spend some time with the Vipers. Uh, the one that may stick around is something me and AD were talking about before uh, we got on air is Derek Favors. 
I don't know how much the Rockets are in love with their options at backup center. Um, they may actually be bringing in Willie Cauley-Stein now that they have, once they cut um, Ty Jerome or buy out um, Mo Harkless, because yes. uh, at the moment they don't have any open spots for the training camp roster. I think they're right at 20. So once they make these cuts, they may actually bring in Willie Cauley-Stein. But even then, I think that they may consider Derek Favors as somebody that can stick around and actually give them real minutes at the backup center spot because – we still don't know if Alperen Shangun is not is, is going to get past his foul trouble issues that he had last year. And if he has those foul trouble issues this year, um, if Derek Favors is not still on the team, then you're going to be rolling with Bruno Fernando, Willie Cauley-Stein, or KJ Martin Maruba. back up five minutes. <laughs> or KJ Martin back up five minutes. Maybe that's how he gets on the court. Uh, but what is your uh, thoughts on the uh, trade that happened yesterday? So I saw people saying, oh, this is a, you know, waste trade. It's a useless. But, the, I mean, you think about it, the, those Mavs guys that came in at Christian Wood trade, that was really all salary matching purposes. We know that yeah. they're not going to play Sterling Brown or Trey Burke. You know, Marquise Chris is injured. You know, so, I mean, it, it was obvious to me that those guys were not going to be on the roster. So if you can package them up and get a pick out of it, it's like, oh, that's pretty good. Now, I know the, the pick has, I think I saw protected 31 through 40. And yeah. if not, it'll convey into 2026, I think Correct. I read. Yeah. So, I mean, still, like, you can, the point is you're getting something out of guys that were not even going to be traveling with the team. Like, you're getting something out of guys that you were going to have to probably buy out a release or whatever have you. So, yeah. to me, that's good. And and the thing about the thing about favors, which is, like, the, the, the key piece of the trade, obviously, for the Rockets at least, is that, yeah, I mean, they got that pick because favors $10 million of – expiring salary which helped okc get below the tax which is why they want to do the trade but the, the reality is as, as we have discussed and kind of question why the rockets have been wanting a backup big like all offseason they were targeting certain people you know certain names they were looking for yeah. backup bigs and then they end up at the end you know at the last minute saying they were going to sign willie calling stein and then well just kidding maybe we're not <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but you know the reality yeah. is they they wanted a backup big and Derek favors can certainly be that because, as you said, Singoon, I don't think he's going to be past his foul trouble, especially based on what we saw this past summer at Eurobasket. I mean, he's fouled yeah. out in, like, pretty pivotal moments of the game. And it was, like, a kind of really kind of a dumb foul, to be honest. Yeah, reaching foul, yeah. Yeah, so I would not be surprised if Favors actually does end up being the backup five. But also, the reality is Favors is going to have some value around the league. So, Maybe oh, yeah. they begin the season out like a Daniel Tice situation where they traded him because the fit was bad. But maybe at the deadline, you know, he's shown. Obviously, he's got a chance to show some more value what he could bring to a contending team. And maybe the deadline he gets traded. I mean, because, again, that option exists because he still has something left in the tank, I think. Yeah. And especially in a contract year, which is his last year's deal, he's going to want to show, you know, that he he's, can still play. So, I, I would I thought I think the Rockets have some options when it comes to favors. I wouldn't not be surprised if he is a backup five, but if they start getting, you know, teams beating down the door saying, hey, we'll give you a pick for him, I think they could trade him too. And yeah, like you were saying about favors, I mean, he definitely have some value uh when it comes to the Rockets. And it wouldn't make much sense for them to cut him or try to buy him out right now because like you said, they'll have all the way up to deadline, try to build him build value and maybe they get to the point where they just feel like he's just a good mentor to Shane Goon and maybe they keep, uh, keep him around. But 
one thing I want to ask you before we uh, before we cut it off here and get to the second segment. So are you advocating for the new double big lineup or actually be like a triple big lineup with Jabari as well? Oh, be careful there, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, watch out now. <laughs> nah, I guess we'll I guess we'll keep Derek Favors on on the bench. I don't think we want to go through go through that a second year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh that that's gonna do it for the first segment. Like I said, in the second segment, we're gonna be talking with uh Josh from Air Alamo and the, from Fansided about the upcoming Spurs game. He's definitely one of the foremost uh, experts when it comes to the Spurs. He's been following the Spurs for a very long time, so yeah. he definitely knows the ins and outs of their rebuild. So we will be talking with Josh in the second segment, so please stick around. And welcome back to the Rocket Fuel Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. Uh, in the first segment, of course, we talked about the Rockets Media Day that happened earlier this week. Uh, we talked a little bit about the training camp, and of course, the trade uh, that just went down between the Rockets and OKC uh, late last night. And in the second segment, um, as we talked about earlier, we're going to be previewing the Rockets Spurs game as we actually have real basketball to talk about this upcoming weekend. So we're definitely looking forward to that. But before we get into it, we're going to let our esteemed guest introduce himself. And welcome back to Rockets Field Podcast presented by Clutch Fans. And in the second segment, um, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to be discussing the upcoming Rockets Spurs game, the first preseason game of the year. And before we get into that, I want to let our esteemed guest introduce himself to the audience, please. Sure. Um, my name is Josh Paredes. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm actually familiar with both of you because, yeah. you know, I'm a writer or I started as a writer for Fansided with Space City Scoop. Did some of that for a year. It was the Harden and Westbrook era yeah. that lasted one season. So that was very interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Short-lived. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Me and Anthony were running things there, did, did yeah. some good things. And you were also writing there and, and you know, yeah. we were working with you and that was a lot of fun. Moved on to Air Alamo, which is, of course, my passion. I'm a Spurs fan. I've been since the 90s. So um, and now I'm doing I, I've moved up to NBA directorial um, duties, which has been really cool. Just overseeing all the NBA sites and fan sites, including the Rockets one and, and the Spurs one. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel like I, I am very well versed in the Spurs community as someone in San Antonio and uh, excited to finally see some basketball soon. Yeah, exactly. And of course, a lot of people may not know this because um, some parts are going to be edited out. So it's like, kind of like some behind the scene things here. But this is the second time I'm trying to praise Josh and give him his credit. <laughs> what what I was saying earlier was I want to thank you because you were one of the first ones to, uh, editors I was able to work with that um, helped me along the way of my writing and eventually being able to you know, get into different things. I wouldn't be able to do that without Space City Scoop. So I definitely want to thank you um, for all your help along the way, for sure. Appreciate that, man. It's good to hear that. I I thrive on, you know, hearing that from writers and people that are doing stuff like this now. It's really cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and of course, AD as well. Um, yeah, like I was sure. saying, you, you, you've, you had the misfortune of editing some of my uh, earlier <laughs> articles. So I, I want to say I'm sorry about that. But uh, I appreciate uh, you. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to say all that, but, but actually I have the same, same sentiments towards Josh, you know, Josh yeah. was the one that really got, you know, really kind of made me want to take this serious, you know, um, it really kind of challenged me into, Hey, you know, you actually could be better at this. You know, or maybe have you thought about, you know, what your long-term plans are? Do you, you know, want to actually have a future in this space? It really kind of challenged me to kind of take it more serious and, you know, things of that nature as far as being content creators. So I really appreciate Josh for that, too. 
Yeah, Spurs fans and Rockets fans can get along. It just depends. Oh, on the well, I don't know about that part. <laughs> hey, on the well, depends on the person, not like Twitter spaces. <laughs> well, well, I will say, and that's kind of another reason why we wanted to bring you on. Um, before we actually get to the game, I wanted to talk about the parallels between the rebuild because, as you as you mentioned, the Rockets and Spurs uh, are are both like in a rebuilding phase right now, to the point where they're trying to get back to their glory days. And of course, the Rockets are a little bit ahead of the Spurs when it comes to that. So. Can you talk a little bit about this, the changes that have happened um, since last year for the Spurs? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of all the similarities myself also. Um, going back to even how there was just a star that kind of screwed the team over. Like Kawhi did that with the Spurs. Then Harden just kind of gave up on the Rockets and just, stopped, you know, everything kind of went down from there for both for both franchises. I know the Rockets got a lot more in return for Harden, obviously, but yeah, now the Spurs, you know, they're finally after all of that, you know, that dynasty era era and um then Kawhi was going to prolong it, that didn't happen and now they're in they're in a spot where it's going to be finally hitting complete bottom for a while. But it, that's just kind of it, it was it signaled no more limbo finally. You know, they were in the play-in tournament twice. Um, they were just in that middle where it's like they're not bad enough to get a really high pick and they're not good enough to do anything in the playoffs. So that's like yeah. the worst area to be in. Like perfect the Rockets, Yeah, the Rockets were wise because they they just knew it's okay. Like a couple of years ago, it's time to just fully rebuild. Tear it you know, down, just, yeah. Complete tear yeah, down. Tear it down, start it. Now, now they're going to benefit getting Jabari Smith, who's probably my favorite prospect of, of the nice. draft. Like, you know, just a, a stretch big like that it's yeah. it's so valuable nowadays so definitely definitely what uh, what he said they're they're ahead you know in this rebuilding process because they've been doing it like they've actually been doing it fully well, longer years. first yeah the spurs are like i think they were like 17 wins that one year and spurs keep hovering in the 30s which is like that's never good so yeah it's it's interesting and i also thought of how kind of like you know Kawhi and harden kind of just like you know, Kawhi with the Spurs, it was supposed to go a certain way. He was going to keep the dynasty going. And then, of course, he wanted to go back to Cali. And <laughs> that was all done. And then Harden, he just kind of gave up on the Rockets, wanted to go all somewhere together. else and win. And then that screwed them. So it's like it's a lot of similarities between the two teams, I think. Yeah. You know, at least Kawhi, he did get a ring out of it. And then, and, <laughs> you know, and I think some of the differences with how the front office handled, you know, their – trade requests, although I don't know if Kawhi ever had like an official trade request, but is the Spurs are like, okay, we don't care what you want. We have, you know, control over, not control over you, but we control the situation fully for this one last year. So we're going to send you wherever we think is best for us. And they got a star back into Rosen. You know, the Rockets were like, we want to do right by you. So we're going to send you where you want to go, which he said was Brooklyn. Now he's later come out and said that he really wanted to go to Philly, not Brooklyn. But, but at the time, convenient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the time, he said, you know, get me to Brooklyn. He was training with KD. You know, the idea of joining KD and Kyrie. So it's a little different situations in that. You know, the Rockets wanted to do right by Harden. Spurs are like more how I would have preferred the Rockets handle it. Like, okay, you want out? Well, yeah. you're in a contract still, so it's our decision what we decide to do next as far as trading you. You know, we're going to do what's best for the franchise, not unless it was best for you, because you're saying you don't want to be a part of this, you know? 
Right. Yeah. They handled it a little bit differently. Um, you know, they're known for being a classy organization, but at, at a certain point, you know, you're not just going to trade him to the Lakers because he wants to go to LA and not get much back. Yeah. Um, there was always all these concerns about what they got back. But I mean, when you look at it, it was Pirtle, it's DeRozan. They got Keldon out of the draft. There's like a lot yeah. of stuff they got back from that that kind of goes unseen. But yeah, yeah it still ultimately leads to this this season we're facing now we're just there's not a star in sight right now we got to find somebody in the draft soon now it seems like the DeRozan I mean DeRozan the DeJounte trade was you know doing right by him it seems like you know he they didn't have to make that trade he had just got a new contract shortly shortly before that you know but they were like hey look here's the deal we're rebuilding you know we know that you were in your prime and you know you've already established yourself as a star in this league so we want to do right by you and send you, you know, somewhere else. You know, I, I don't know if he gave them a list of teams or not, but it seems like the Hawks was a, a, a place that he wanted to go to. You know, that backcourt with Trey Young, I'm sure he had them on his list, proverbial list. Yeah, I don't know if there was an official list or anything, but he did say that that was like one of his his main purpose, like destinations if he was to go. And I think you're right. They just saw him as in prime. They saw he got an all-star nod. That's like, sell when he's at his highest because they weren't sure they were going to give him the max payday in a couple of years. And, um, you know, while the rest of the team's timeline is in the lower twenties, you know, and he's not like he's older or anything, but they just, they made a decision, you know, he's probably not going to be the superstar that they need and maybe they can get that in the draft. Right. Right. Now, one of the things about, you know, being in the middle of, like you said, you know, like you're, you're not, you know, you, you don't suck enough to have like a top five pick, but you're not good enough to be, you know, you know, uh, have a postseason run. So you're kind of stuck in the middle, which is where the Rockets were before they got hard. And they were kind of like stuck in the middle, at least in the case of the Spurs. If you have a history of drafting well late in the draft, like the Spurs do, you know, you think about guys like Ginobili. I'm going back a little bit, but Tony mm-hmm. Parker, even Kawhi, you know, guys that you can draft, find studs. Like you said, Keldon, you know, studs there and in that middle sweet spot of the draft then it's not as bad to be like in purgatory or to be, you know, like in a middle ground, but typically you don't have that Popovich figure or that, that tradition of, you know, success, which Spurs have tradition of success. I know it hasn't necessarily been as recent, but we've got tradition of success. And I think what helps a lot with the rebuild that you guys are going is that you do still have that same face. You do still have Popovich, you know, whether his role is like pseudo GM coach, mm-hmm. like you still have this same person, which compared to the Rockets, when they tore it down, they lost a coach, they lost a GM, they lost, <laughs> yeah. you know, Harden's gone, Peter Tucker's gone, Russell Westbrook's gone, all these guys are gone. So is it, it, it they're it all Sixers like, now. <laughs> all of yeah, those, exactly. All right. those Rockets are Sixers. <laughs> the Philadelphia Rockets now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but it feels like at least there's a smoother transition. You know, you don't have as much of the drama that the Rockets had when they underwent their rebuild because they went into that season, that last Harden year, not prepared to rebuild. They were thinking that Harden was going to stay another year. They got John Wall now. Maybe it's going to be a good fit, Christian Wood. They were still making, like, contending moves. It seemed like in their eyes we were going to still be a contending team. You know, and they just – it's just drama just forced it all. Like, okay, look, Harden really doesn't want to be here. Okay, you're gone. And then now we're going to figure out what to do with Wall. We're going to pay him $500 million for one year because his contract's bad. You know, but at least with the Spurs, you have like a smooth transition, a seamless. And even despite all these, you know, not all these, but recent years, like I said, you said Spurs have been kind of, kind of mediocre. 
Yeah. They've still had coaches get plucked from other teams. Like, we want this guy. We want that guy. You know, Becky Hammond, she's the head coach and just won a title. You know, Ime Udaka, although I don't, you know, I don't want to say mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to bring him up right now. <laughs> yeah, but but still, like, he, you know, he, the Celtics were in the finals, you know, his first season there. Like, you're still getting coaches that get plucked from that tree, despite right now where you're at as a franchise is really kind of middling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's still a lot of positives to take away. That's kind of what you got to do in the situation as a fan. You're like, okay, well, we still have this. Popovich just set the, you know, season, regular uh, season coaching wins record last season. That was cool. Um, so you got to find your bright spots when you can, because um, I think they're in for, Spurs are in for a rough season. I think there's no denying that. Popovich even knows. He said in the press conference, don't go to Vegas and bet on them <laughs> to win the title this year. I think he said that even last year, too. It's like his thing now. But <laughs> everybody knows what's ahead for them. Yeah. The good thing is they, they're stockpiling draft picks yeah. um, like they did with DeJounte, even before with Derek White. You know, the two main guys, the two main options. So now it's just it's just about being patient, working ahead with I think Keldon and Devin Vassell are the two guys to watch. Josh Primo is a little wild card. We'll see what he what he can do, but it's going to be you know on a team with like no designated just star go to guy closer. You know, people knocked DeRozan, but he was a closer. He was clutch. Like yeah. he was he was a dog. Like, but now it's it's you know who knows who they're going to go to in the clutch. Like it was Dejounte last year. He was an all star, and now. It's going to be a lot of big learning curve, a lot of headaches for Pop, but he seems up for it. So who knows yeah. how much longer, though? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of a good time to do this. There's a lot of teams that are tanking, I think, this season. Um, I, I was going through the, the list. And you, there might even be like eight or nine teams this season that maybe whether they are not intentionally tanking, but just not going to be good. You know, so um, at, at least it's not like, you know, the Rockets when they were well, it was really the Rockets and OKC Thunder for the last what two years. They were like, yeah. we're tanking, and OKC was like doing their absolute best <laughs> to try and tank for the first pick, and it still didn't happen. Although they, you know, they did get Chet with the second yeah. pick, but but yeah. So I mean, the the phase that the franchise is in now was kind of like where Rockets were was like, we're just gonna trot some guys out and see, you know, who. You know, we're in, in evaluation mode. Which of these guys will be here long term? Which of these guys is, you know, whenever we are ready to compete or contend again? Which of these people that we have now should we give a new contract to when the time comes? Or what do we have? You know, just figuring out what do we have. And again, I think a big important piece that you do still have Popovich there to help evaluate that and make those, some of those decisions. Yeah, I mean he's he's pretty much the only standing figure left of the glory days. So um, that's they're gonna milk that for all they can. He he seems reinvigorated. He wants to teach a new class of you know guys, average age of like twenty three that he probably does not understand off the court at all. Like what kind of things they're doing on social media and all this stuff, playing video games. So it should be fun. It should be at least a lot of good content too. To, yeah. to see him in interviews and just interacting with all the young guys and see how all of that works. Um, right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's coming to a close that this whole era behind me, you know, all of them three are gone soon to be all in the hall of fame. And then um, Popovich, I fear, I feel like he's probably maybe a season or two left until he starts to maybe go into president mode or something. Yeah. So you think that whenever he steps down from the coaching role, he'll still have a role with the franchise, whether it's president or, 
you know, GM. You think you think he won't like be like I'm done with basketball? He's gonna still stick around. I mean, he's the kind of guy like you have no idea. I feel like he maybe maybe he'll do that and then he'll be like, no, I miss the guys. I, I want to be at least in the front office role or something. Um, I would guess I have no inside information, obviously. Yeah, he does about Pop or the Spurs, but I would guess he would want to stick around in another role, but just you know, groom whoever comes next. Yeah, maybe like a, a, a Quinn Snyder, which been yeah. rumored a lot. Who used to spend time Austin Spurs. Um, so, I it could go either way. I feel like maybe you know he's he's going to be I think he's seventy three right now. He'll be seventy five at the start of like next season. Seventy five could be a good nice yeah. number to maybe you know go for one more season. Maybe they'll have a couple of high picks to threaten a, a winning record. In his last season, um, it might be tough, but you never know with Pop. Yeah. It's crazy that he's 73. I feel like he's like 93. <laughs> he's been around forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I looked it up because, like, I thought he was maybe 76, but he's he's 73. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask you about the upcoming game. Is there anything that you're, you know, wanting to see or kind of, you know, have your eye on from the Spurs side standpoint of things heading into the game? Yeah, I mean, there, there's plenty, you know, in this situation. It's just preseason. It's the first look at, at you know, full contact basketball. Um, what's unfortunate is for the Spurs is they're not going to have uh, Keldon or Josh Primo because they both had – you know, over the last few weeks, I think Keldon was a couple of weeks ago at dislocated shoulder. But he should be ready for the regular season, but he's not going to be. I think he's supposed to be the main option probably this season for the Spurs. And uh, Josh Primo just had an injury recently too, and same thing. I think he's just going to skip the preseason and start. So that's unfortunate. But you know, the three rookies they got, um, I like Blake Wesley, Malachi Branham. They they had some some good picks. I think Spurs fans were happy with. You know, with all three of them, Sohan, of course, we didn't get to see him in training camp or, or um, summer league, because yeah, summer league because he was yeah. he had COVID during that. So it's like I'm most looking forward to Sohan seeing what he can do, um, seeing if he has a jump shot because he's just really known for his defense and he really seems like he can guard all five positions. So that'll be cool to watch. And then Devin Vassell, that's my guy. <laughs> that's the guy I'm always like. Um, I, I feel like he's gonna be big time uh soon this is i I think a lot of people think keldon's gonna be the primary guy i i think it's between him and devin and i think devin has a little bit more of a offensive arsenal he has like more that he can do um so it's gonna be cool to see him be the guy with the ball in his hands and see what he can do i think he's gonna he's gonna turn a lot of heads this season even if the spurs are not gonna be on national tv save for one game (laughs) against the warriors yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I said, that's kind of, you know, the state of the, the franchise when you're kind of rebuilding, you see what you got. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, from the Rockets standpoint, I'm actually really I'm not expecting these guys to play a lot of minutes. You know, I, I saw some of the Warriors game and I realized that, you know, preseason is really for kind of guys like battling, to, you know, to make right. the roster or, you know, two way guys or if you have any, you know, Exhibition 10 guys, Exhibit 10 guys, those kind of play more. But I would like to see, you know, what 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 exactly we, we get from Jabari. Um, really, one of the one of the, one of the uh, position battles is the backup point guard spot between Ty Ty Washington and Deshaun Knicks. I think Deshaun's going to win that battle, but I think Ty Ty will give us some good burn. You know, it's kind of what the preseason's for. 
right. to see uh, Usman Garuba, who has been like a like a unknown, like a mystery, because he's not been healthy since he got drafted. Although he did play this past summer in Spain for Eurobasket, kind of want to see what kind of condition he's in. Part of his issue has been conditioning. He's you know he did kind of well, right, in some of those games, I think. Some of those games, yeah. He's he's his his bread and butter is on the defensive side. So I want to see some of that, you know, and not, not really live bullets, not real action, but the closer we can get to it on, on the NBA floor right. for him. You know, so hoping to see some of that as well. Um, I don't think we'll see much from Jalen, to be honest. I don't know how much we'll see from KPJ either, to be honest. So, uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. The Rockets have a, a Bruno Fernando, a, a backup big. He's on the Exhibit 10 deal. He's a guy I, I think will get, get a lot of playing time. Um, and I think he's a guy that really could contend for for some minutes at the reserve big spot, although they did trade for Derek Favors, who might occupy some of those minutes. But I still think Bruno Fernando could get some some burn. Um, just you know, get a good chance to show what he can do. Again, even if it's in the preseason. So there, there, there are some some things I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. Seeing Goon, I want to see, you know, what is his yeah, biggest issues? Bring him up. He's he's very interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, he, he's for for a big man. He's got a really good skill set as a, as a passer and a creator. Uh, one of his biggest issues, man, is he picks up dumb fouls like that, like quick. You know, um, <laughs> I think he did that on Pirtle a couple times. I remember he just yeah. kind of reaches or or kind of does like puts his arm not straight up, and that that gets him in trouble. And then he has to come out, and then. Yeah. Silas is like, what are you doing? <laughs> right, right. Yes. It seems like it really, like, really, really irked Silas' soul <laughs> last yeah. season. So I want to see if, if we see some of that because it won't take long. If we are going to see that, it won't take long for you pack picks up some fouls. You know, so curious to see if, if we're going to still see some of that from him this season. Uh, I think KJ Martin could get some major playing time. Um, he's kind of been, it's been a little public from a racket standpoint that his dad made comments that he wants to get him get him out of there and don't want to be in Houston, although he never said anything. But there's going to be a squeeze when it comes to wings. The Rockets went and got Tari Easton in the draft. You know, the, the Rockets have some, some wing players, some wing depth, which could get him squeezed. So I think preseason could be a good opportunity for him to, to show something. If he gets the minutes, which I think he will get. So some some, some players to look forward, look forward to. Uh, and it's, hey, it's upcoming games. Still kind of in the rotation. Jacob, yeah, yeah, Jacob is definitely in the rotation. He's, he's at the guard spot. In fact, last year he actually got some backup point guard minutes as well, which I don't know that he'll get this season as much with Deshaun being, a, you know, a staple. I think he'll be a staple at least in the rotation. So he probably get some two guard minutes because they're talking about playing Eric Gordon at the three, which is what they've done in recent. Eric Gordon, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's on the team still. He he he's a lone guy that's on the team from when you still cover the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. I remember <laughs> writing about how they should trade him back then. <laughs> yeah, and that was in 2019. <laughs> yeah, I mean he could th- shoot threes, but I mean yeah, I he's know. also a pretty solid defender. Yeah, that too, and get to the basket sometimes. Um, right, right. Randomly score 50 that one time, I think. But yeah, against Utah. That, like, yeah, Utah. I think I was covering that season. But yeah, other than that, it's like, you know, he's way older than everybody else at this point. Way older, way older, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man, um, well, looking forward to the game. I'm happy to have been able to, to record with you as well. Is there anything else that you kind of want to dive into as far as Rocket Spurs, similarities, or the upcoming game? Um, I think we, we, we kind of covered most of it. It's unfortunate that, you know, we had technical issues, but I guess he'll end up seeing this or however it's going to work. Um, 
but thank him for having me on also. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I do want to mention I'm, I'm excited that uh, Bovon is closer to San Antonio again. We all love him. I'm sure <laughs> he's probably not going to play much. He He's more just kind of for to be a fan favorite. Um, I feel like everywhere he's been, he's just been like, you know, um, like kind of like, not a, like not like a mascot, but just kind of like maybe he'll come in in garbage minutes yeah, or something. Right and, yeah, yeah. And everybody will be excited about that. But I did see like yeah. a picture of him in the red uniform at the press conference. I'm like, that looks weird. I liked him on the Spurs. But yeah, <laughs> it, at a certain point, you're just you're too big to be able to be mobile enough to yeah. <laughs> play real minutes. And right, that's right. his issue. I He actually has a good jumper. But yeah, it's just uh, that's another thing I just remembered. Uh, another connection there. But yeah, yeah I, the, I, I the Rockets actually him out there for media. Day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious awesome. if he's gonna pair up with somebody there to do commercials or whatever. Like he's sure. been. <laughs> yeah, sure. he has that personality. You know, he was in John Wick, so he. I'm sure he'll find a way to contribute to the team, even if it's not on the court. <laughs> yeah, 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 I just feel like. Both teams were we're kind of in the same area right now. Rockets are a little bit ahead in rebuild, but the Spurs have Popovich, so you know you never know. Oh, we can maybe say <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no goodbyes. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, at least we were able to to catch up on Spurs and Rockets, and he can yeah he can uh, you know watch this later and and see what I had to say. Unfortunately, sometimes internet issues will. Yeah. mess things up you know this as someone that had i had issues when i had you on my show so happens that's how it goes sometimes but um at least we were able to catch up a little bit yeah no worries man i always enjoy enjoy talking ball talking shop with you been doing it for years now um definitely more when we, when we both cover the rockets but but still always good to to catch up man and that's what i'm doing for today's episode of the the rockets fuel podcast so thank you guys as always for listening. Thanks to my, my esteemed co-host, Sean. I know we have some technical issues. Happy to have had Josh on this segment to discuss Spurs. Um, but yeah, you guys stay tuned. We'll definitely be a recording uh, next week. We'll hopefully have, have more for sure after the game. And who knows? We may even have another transaction. Who knows? This trade for um, favorites out of nowhere. So stay tuned, guys. Thank you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.